Several years ago, when I was a seminarian, I visited this woman outside of Dayton, Ohio, and she had been a nun, and unfortunately, her, her community dissolved, and she still had this desire to live a life of poverty, chastity, and obedience, and she was taking care of her mother, and when I went to visit her to thank her for supporting our seminarians, she gave a great testimony to me. And she had all of these decorative plates around her house. Uh, and the plates depicted different apparitions of our Blessed Mother from around the world throughout the history of the church. Fatima, Lourdes, Guadalupe, and so on. And she said, yeah, I like to crown Mary the queen of everything that I do. She said, if I go out into the garden, I crown, Mary the crown, uh, I crown Mary the queen of my gardening. If I have to run an errand, I crown Mary the queen of my errand. I'm a real estate agent now, so when I have a closing, I crown Mary the queen of my closing. And that really stuck with me. What a beautiful way of offering everything to Mary, of entrusting everything to our Blessed Mother. Why do we do this? Well, we do this in imitation of Jesus himself. I mean, we're so familiar with the story that we often overlook the obvious. But Jesus could have come to the world however he wanted to. He could have saved us however he wanted to. But he chose to come to the world through Mary, with Mary. In Mary. So God Himself entrusted Himself to Mary, His mother. So if it was good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for me. And if it's good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for all of you. There's something to be said for entrusting yourself and, and your family and everything that you do to her maternal care. As God's children, we all have a need to feel affirmed by God himself as our father. But we also have a need to feel affirmed by our mother. We all need to feel affirmed by a mother. And we have a heavenly mother who loves us perfectly who loves us now like her own. And so that should give us a lot of confidence that no matter what we face in this life, Mary's going to be there with us through it. So I encourage all of you to crown Mary the queen of everything that you do. And then rest assured that she is there interceding for you and accompanying you each and every day. Today, in particular, we celebrate her assumption into heaven. So she was assumed, which is a passive thing. God assumed her or took her up into heaven. Jesus is the one who ascended into heaven, so we don't confuse those two. He ascended under his own power because he's God. But he and the Father and the Holy Spirit took Mary up into heaven today 
body and soul. So Jesus did not allow her to suffer decay in the tomb. So as St. Paul was pointing out in that second reading today, death no longer has a sting that lasts forever. Death no longer has the final word in the history of humanity. And that's very much related to our Blessed Mother and the mission of Christ, our Savior, our Redeemer, who came precisely to save us from sin and sin's consequence, death. Remember, death was not a part of God's original plan for us. Death entered the world through what? Sin. We can't forget that. We absolutely can't forget that. Otherwise, our faith is pretty pointless. So death was a consequence of sin, of rebellion against God and his goodness. And so we needed to be saved from sin and death. So it was Adam and Eve who disobeyed God, who doubted God and his goodness. But immediately in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, the father announces his plan of salvation. He doesn't let any time pass. And he addresses Satan, the serpent. He says, I will put enmity between you and the woman between her offspring and yours. You will strike at her heel. She's going to strike at your head. That's why oftentimes we see statues of Mary with a snake under her heel because she's crushing the serpent's head. So this woman was not Eve because Eve had just danced with the devil. There was no enmity there. But he was announcing his future plans of redemption. Mary is that woman. If you recall, when Jesus performed his first miracle at the wedding at Cana, it was through Mary's prompting. And she kind of knew what was going to happen if she motivated Jesus to take care of the, the lack of wine by performing some miracle. But she was ready to embrace this new role that went beyond just being the mother of Jesus. And that's why he says to her, woman, how does this concern you and me? My hour has not yet come. Well, what was his hour? Right there. His death on the cross was his hour. And it was there once again at the foot of the cross that he referred to Mary as woman. And then he said, behold your son, pointing to John. But John was there really representing all of us. And then he said, behold your mother. So today we behold our mother being assumed into heaven. And we celebrate her faith. Remember what Elizabeth said to her in the gospel today? Blessed are you who believed that what was promised to you by the Lord would be fulfilled. Dear brothers and sisters, our Lord is believable. He is trustworthy. 
You can believe everything that God says. It's true. Everything he says about himself and everything he says about you and me, it's true. And that's the good news. That is good news. Because he believes in you. He believes in me. Because he made us. He believes in our greatness. Because we come from him. And we're destined to go to him. We're not destined for the grave. We're destined for glory. And today we celebrate that victory over death and the grave. We celebrate that glory because Mary goes before us as the first one to experience the fruits of Christ's redeeming sacrifice, body and soul in heaven, in glory. And we know that we now belong to her because we've been entrusted to her by God himself. And so what mother wouldn't want all of her children to be with her in glory? Amen?